everyone to We Universe. We're the podcast that comes out in spurts. Gross. Uh, but, uh, we're, today we are going to talk about Kongs, and the whole episode is going to be this song. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's really thank, not. Thank I was going to make you do it. I was just going to leave. Yeah. It no. would just be... I would have kept going. No, I just just by the one man Steve DK rap show <laughs> until I run out of rhymes. Which like, probably would have taken another five seconds. Uh, probably. Honestly, probably, you went a yeah. little longer than I thought you would. I've, I've, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm feeling like Lin Manuel Miranda already, just mm-hmm. like just from that much, you know. Yeah. Uh, I really brought it. Well, welcome um, to our Encanto podcast. Yeah, this is the one. We don't, this is the podcast where we don't talk about Bruno. It's the only thing we don't talk about. <laughs> sure. Uh, my name is Steve Guntley. Hi, I'm Woody Siskowski. Uh, we are. Uh, I'm the second member of the DK crew. <laughs> <laughs> you got your peanut gun, yeah. and, and uh, he, he's got a funny face. I, which which Kong had the funny face? I believe Lanky Kong. Lanky had a Kong fun, had the funny, funny face. face. He, yeah. he kind of came and went. There were a couple uh, N64 Kongs that never really stuck. Some some flash in the pan Kongs. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You exactly. don't, don't have the staying power of your ditties. No, no, not I've as always, much. I've always been a ditty boy. He's sure, just, he's just sure. got a good look about yeah, him. I mean, you know, he wears a hat like but it's forward so you know you can trust him yeah you know exactly it's not, he's not you know. like a scallion. Uh, yeah yeah were he to turn it around then we'd have a problem yeah. you know but uh no today is uh part two in our ongoing inadvertent series about anthropomorphic animals who have their homeland invaded oh weirdly uh that is kind of what we're going off of That's uh, fair. i think we perfected the genre with legend of k last <laughs> week a game we both definitely still remember and think yeah. about often uh, but today we're playing a game called Donkey Kong Country, colon, Tropical Freeze. This yeah. game is the story of how Donkey Kong and the rest of the Kongs moved to Miami. Yeah. But then it was really hard to make friends. Like they would, they would go around and everyone just give them the cold shoulder, you know? Sure, sure, and yeah, so yeah. It's like a lifestyle simulator along with the Kong. It's like, yeah. DK retires, but it's just like, no one is as friendly as they seem at first. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, it's just, it's hard after you get to a certain age, you know, whatever whatever old age is for a, for a Kong, you know? Yeah, it's hard to make new friends, especially I mean, when all of your immediate friends are apes that are defined by one element of their as- uh, personality sure. you know like like uh well actually that wouldn't really make sense because diddy isn't a personality trait <laughs> or is it he makes it one he makes it his own yeah dixie is a can she she longed for the days of the confederacy <laughs> yes yeah she she stages reenactments all the time and tries to argue that's not what the war was really about yeah she's fun she's fun <laughs> So, uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze was released February 21st, 2014. It was developed by Retro Studios. The Dead of Winter. Retro Studios and published by Nintendo. And this was also released on Switch. So, I mean, uh, many, many years later. Many years later. I think it was 2018 it came out on the Switch. So, yeah, uh, to to catch back up briefly on the world of Donkey Kong. Oh, you know what? Actually, before I do that, I want to ask what you're playing. Oh, man, I forgot that this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, This is a great question. Um, Well, I guess I'll talk very briefly. Um, It Takes Two was Mm. a highly regarded co-op game that I have only been playing very infrequently because it, you know, you have to find another person to play with. It Takes Two. That is the only way to do it, and that is... Hard, you know, to find the time for the same person to come over and play regularly can be hard, but it is a very cool game. Um, the highlight so far has been the second world in which one player sort of gets a 
hammerhead on their backpack and the other player gets projectile nails. Okay. So you can essentially, one player has to throw these nails at specific locations and the other person has to use the hammer to either swing on them or use them to hit switches. And it's just very well designed. The wow. actual story surrounding it is kind of irritating. Okay. Because um, it's like a marriage counseling thing, right? Yeah, yeah. sort of. Um yeah, it's like this couple running into difficulties and then this magical book with a sort of strange flamenco accent has to talk them into getting back together. Sure. Okay. Uh, All right. Why not? But, but it is it is a very cool game um, that I think is fun because it is designed around two people very specifically. Nice. I mean, it sounds it really sounds clever. Like, yeah, I just I don't really have a means to play games like that immediately, but uh, it, it sounds really cool. Yeah, you, you just you I mean, you just need to have you know someone who's like, yes, we're going to go the distance and play all these levels together. Yeah. So, uh, well, today I started playing a game called Nobody Saves the World. Uh, it was just released on Game Pass, and I'm already very addicted to mm. it. Uh, one of the big surprises of like recent years is that like I've completely done a 180 on roguelikes. I'm like, I'm suddenly I went from like a genre I just don't really have any time for to like, holy shit, this is great. I love yeah, it. They're great. And uh, Nobody Saves the World is kind of a blend between like Zelda style gameplay and a roguelike gameplay. You basically you play as nobody who is just like a protagonist that's so bland you don't even play have as eyes. Bob Odenkirk. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just a protagonist with no attributes at all. You're just like entirely white, bald headed, like empty eyes like you just don't have a personality but you discover a wizard's magic wand that lets you take on a bunch of different forms and that's where the crux of the gameplay is because every time you pick a different form you transform into it and you can level up each character individually and like once you reach a certain level on one form you unlock another form so it's encouraging you to kind of mix it up a bit and uh, I've I've already just been blazing through it like I've been playing it most of today and it's super fun it's a really charming little indie game it's got one of those, um, I don't know, kind of like an Adventure Time style world where like, okay, if we allow one magical thing to happen, then every magical thing happens. Oh, like, sure. like So some characters you talk to are people and some are foxes and one is literally a hammer. You know, <laughs> like it's just all kinds of totally random crap. And I'm in this village of mutants. Like one guy is just like a pile of flesh just like that's been melted. He's a Cronenberg. He's a Cronenberg. Yeah, he's been Cronenberged. Um, I'm really having a blast with it. Check it out. Nobody Saves the World. It is on Game Pass right now and I think a few other things. Nice. Yeah. Okay, now we can check back in with them wacky, <laughs> wacky Kongs. Let's see what's going on with them. So Going on with the Kongs. You know, Donkey Kong Country, as we've talked about in the past, it, it was one of the biggest hits Nintendo ever had. When, when it debuted in 1994, it became the best-selling video game of all time. And I think it has since... Well, eyes opened wide. It has since fallen, uh, you know, and I, I think... I mean, just to be clear, all, all games have fallen... Oh, um, sure. Uh, immensely, just because more people play and own video games. Now, now it's like so. the whole run is like what Call of Duty does in a day or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But it was very impressive for the time. Um, you know, and it, it became it made uh, Rare Studios a major player, like right off the bat. It's like, okay, this, this studio is something special. I mean, the original Donkey Kong Country, perhaps the greatest looking video game ever made. Like okay. it, when it when I mean, it first when it first came out, like relative to what was after there, a level design that they never went back to, which I don't know why, was these beautiful ice caverns. Oh in yeah, that game those that looked, looked great. so amazing. Yeah, and it's, it it really is like like the actual design and you know graphics of the game were so amazing, but it was just like 
everything felt like it had the right proportions in there. Like the characters were big, but not so big. I don't know. Exactly. No, and, and there was a... I don't know. There was a tactile feel to that game. I yeah. think it just helped because everything looked like it was made out of plastic, you know, yeah. but it, it felt tactile and it just felt really satisfying. It's a great game. Yeah. Uh, and it was followed by two more great games. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that whole SNES trilogy of Donkey Kong Country games are pretty rad. Like, I don't think no, you can go no wrong question. with any of them. Yep. Uh, you know, so by, by the late 90s, uh, Rare had become kind of a big deal over on the N64. You yeah. know, they're, they're the big wheel over at the consult, Cracker Factory. Consult your local uh, N64 podcast to learn more about that. Man, you would hear so much about Rare Studios. If only there was a podcast that covered the Nintendo oh, 64. heavy sigh. Yeah, we needed, I thought you were going to cut down on those. No, okay. no, I, I, th- I thought so too. And then life's like, nope, we need, sorry. We need little stars, like, we need Stan Lee to come by and be like, Greetings, true believers. Consult issue. Consult episode four. You know, twelve nineteen for. Uh, I don't know how we got so many podcasts. For, I don't know. Yeah, for Donkey Kong sixty four info. Why not? Yeah, yeah, we definitely covered all this in Donkey Kong sixty four, which, which was. Well, I mean, to to reiterate from that episode, I think I made the the argument there as well. But like Donkey Kong sixty four was where Rare kind of jumped the shark. Like, Rare got got its head up its own ass a, a, little, a bit. little bit. Like all the little things that like were kind of annoying about Rare games that you kind of like fought through because they were fun otherwise. Yeah. Like those were so prominently on display in Donkey Kong sixty four, and it was such a bloated game. Yes. Like it's it's not even it's, it's not a, a, it's a great game. It's not a poor it's quality just, game at all. It's just bloated, yeah. and it's really uh, some of its uh, objectives are really obtuse. And uh, it's you know, like you, there's a, so much collecting. It's like a thirty hour game that if you stop playing for a week, you will have to start over from the exactly, from the beginning. Exactly, you will like, lose all track. That, of everything. That's one thing when you're playing like the original Metroid, and uh-huh. it's a two hour game. It's another thing when it's like yeah, yeah. thirty hours over ten levels. Exactly, exactly. I mean. It, it, it was kind of too much, and it was one of those weird examples where, like, the game was a massive hit. It's, like, still one of the top ten best-selling N64 games, and yet it kind of killed the Donkey Kong Country franchise for a little bit. Like, yeah. Donkey Kong was kind of put towards other, like, kind of weirdly experimental franchises. So, like, the Donkey Konga, where they had a new peripheral. Or the King of Swing on Game King, Boy, King where you used L&R to climb which is those games are pretty fun those are fun so yeah. were the uh uh mario versus donkey kong mm-hmm. like uh, little puzzle games those were a lot of fun but like but traditional donkey kong country style gameplay kind of went by the wayside they made one that you'd use the jungle beat that you use the yeah. congas which is a game i always kind of think i will like more than i do and i play it and i'm like this isn't that fun it's not that fun it's really not that like it's a cute idea but it's just not very fun uh it's kind of like those people who mod doom to be like harder to play you know sure. that's that's what that feels like <laughs> So, yeah, and then Rare, you know, jumped ship over to Microsoft in 2004, and uh, so they're no longer able to work on the Donkey Kong Country games. Uh, But in 2008, Shigeru Miyamoto decided he wanted to bring it back. He's very, very fond of this series, and he wants to keep it going. Uh, And so they reach out to a studio that they've been working with pretty intimately, Retro Studios, which is a Texas-based studio that was just off a massive trio of successes with the metroid prime trilogy which we have covered on a patreon episode patreon.com slash ultra 64 pod follows a fairly like it makes sense to reach out to them because that this series would be a pretty similar trajectory 
to Metroid in the yeah. sense that like it really found its masterpiece on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, N64, it couldn't quite develop an identity that stuck. Right. I mean, in the case of Metroid, they just never released a game. No, they, they, they tossed but, it around. They tossed the idea around. But, but then Retro happened. Studios was like, yes, we we will find they found a way to both bring it back and feel new mm-hmm. and still feel true to the series. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, weirdly it was actually appropriate because the CEO of retro, a guy named Michael Kelbaugh, he actually got his start in the gaming industry working on Donkey Kong country oh, in 1994. Perfect. That was his first project. So, you know, it's kind of a nice full circle moment for them. Uh, and so Donkey Kong country returns was released for the Wii and the 3ds in 2010. And it was, like, a, it, you know, it, they they toss the 3D stuff aside, and it's like a throwback to the original Donkey Kong Country style of gameplay. 2D, fast-paced, pretty steep difficulty curve, mm-hmm. uh, and just, like, lots of uh, hop-and-bop action. And not, I mean, it's really has a place on the Wii because it's one of the few games that doesn't feel gimmicky. No. Um, I mean, there are motion controls, but they're yeah, used kind of Yeah, you can shake the remote to, uh, you know, slam the ground, which I actually find more intuitive than pressing a button to do that. It's I pretty always, fun, yeah. I always find, like, somehow the controls in this game always kind of baffle me. Uh-huh. I can't remember which one, like, there's a button to grab thing and a button to, like, slap the ground, and I can't remember which is which because okay. there's no, like, intuitive mnemonic device for that right um, yeah so you just have to kind of feel it out i do end up pressing the wrong button a lot which is not a problem i have in these games very often yeah um but it, yeah it really felt good on the wii to have sort of a more quote unquote hardcore nintendo game like because there was only about <laughs> five of those between like the two mario galaxies twilight princess and this and punch out maybe yeah and i it's, guess metroid prime 3 would yeah. go in there as well but yeah yeah no but uh, exactly right like it was really nice to like go back to this style of game and i think everyone was pretty happy with it but the common yep. complaint was it's too hard okay. like which i i agree it's i don't think it's too hard no. but it is very hard it is hard like, i was i was happy with that though i mean the yeah. original donkey kong country games aren't they're not the f- none of them are easy like the no first they're one, not on like mario or mega man levels or anything like right. that but they're 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 you can play through them but they will take some trial and error yeah. yeah and i think that they find a nice balance here of these you know donkey Kong country and tropical freeze like they absolutely shower you with extra lives yeah so even though you're dying a lot they're fairly generous in checkpoints and you're probably not going to be replaying like giant sections of the level no no not too badly you know so uh donkey kong country returns you know not the sales bonanza that the original game was but it was successful and it did well enough and critics liked it so uh they a sequel was announced uh at e3 in 2013 retro was brought back on as developers uh and so this second game was actually produced by kensuke tanabe who uh was the guy who directed super mario brothers 2 so big game big game like good good pedigree on that it's interesting to think of like people who have had their hand in seemingly such a long swath of the gaming industry, like to someone to be like, okay, this guy directed a NES game and a Wii U game. Yeah. But I feel like a, in the time frame, like that's not, I mean, that's what, like that's like that's, 50 years or something. No, that's no. like 20 
20 okay my brain is apparently broken. six years 26 years okay. yeah that's yeah. close to 50 i mean like, you know, just to it's, be clear little... i was only 24 years old yeah, you know not bad not <laughs> bad no it's all right for um, not bad for like close to nine o'clock you know yeah, yeah sure yeah, yeah. i'm I, usually asleep by now i have a i have a very specific window of time during the day when in which i can do math so yeah um but yeah, it's just odd that someone's influence would run that long. But yeah. I think a lot of these guys who got started like in the NES days were probably like tw- twenty six. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and they're like, you know, Nintendo people stick around. Yeah. You know, they're, there's a lot of company loyalty there, um, especially on the Japanese side. So another uh, favorite was brought back, and that was David Wise, the composer of the original game soundtrack. He was brought back uh, for this game as well. And I can't remember if he did only the original game or if he also did two and three. That's what I'm looking up right now. We can figure it out. Yeah. But it, the the score for Donkey Kong Country 1 is one of the greatest ever recorded. Yeah. Like, it's so gorgeous. Like, you know, and everybody points to the underwater level you know, of having some of the most weirdly, hauntingly beautiful music you'll ever encounter in a video game. Yeah, uh, very, very beautiful. For sure. So it was definitely a coup having him back. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and uh, otherwise, like, there's not too much that's been yeah, changed he here. Did do, he did do all the Super Nintendo games. Okay, all he right, but he had... do Returns. Or 64, um, yeah, because okay. I think that was uh, Grant Kirkhope. So um, we, we don't have to blame him for the <laughs> for the DK rap. No, 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 no. I think Kirkhope takes credit for that one. Like, okay. he's, he's taking his licks over that. Because didn't... Um, I think it was just, like, an executive who wrote the lyrics to that. Oh, okay. Like, it was just, like, some... I don't know. It was somebody who was not musically trained. Um, so yeah, upon release, uh, analysts were kind of optimistic. Like this, this was one of several games that was put forward as like, okay, this is the one that's going to save the Wii U. This is the sure. one people are going to show up for, which may be a little optimistic on this one. Yeah. It's just, high quality, but like people didn't really come out for the Wii version. Yeah. And that was a and console that, was that people bought. that everyone had in their home already. Whether so. you wanted one or not, yeah. you had one. They were issued to you. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it was maybe a little bit optimistic, but this game did pretty well for the Wii U. It, it sold about 2 million copies, which is uh, 11th best-selling game on the system overall. I mean, in another symptom of like, this is just like similar to the Wii, there's not a lot of just like straight up platforming games that no. aren't grounded in some kind of weird gimmicks. No, no. And, uh, this was ported over to the Switch where it sold better there than it did on the Wii U, but it's still like... So it's 11th best-selling game on the Wii U. It is 35th best-selling game on the Switch. Right. So, like, th- that's just a little bit of the disparity there between the, those two systems and how successful they are. And, and the, that's sort of the issue that I encounter here with this game is I don't know if there's any real reason to play this on the Wii U over the Switch. Which, no. Which is kind of a bummer and I guess just kind of made me think because I was playing this in the Wii U at home, how much more pleasant the Switch is to use as a system over the Wii U. Sure. Like, the amount of work of having to both turn on the Wii U system and your controller, or and the gamepad and boot the game, mm. like, whereas with the Switch, you literally just press the power button and it goes to sleep. And it's yeah. just such a more comfortable thing. It's one of those but, things, like, where it's it's kind of that, that little bit, those few extra seconds kind of makes the difference yeah. on which version you get. Yep. But, like, you know, I, it weirdly, like, this game doesn't really use the Wii U features or the Switch features in any way. Right. Like, it's basically just, yeah, you know, the, the Wii U has a second screen capability, and that's it. Yeah, um, but it doesn't even, like, show you, it only plays on one screen at a time. And I, well, sorry, I mean uh, off TV. I yeah. always keep, I always get those mixed up. But, yeah, it, it allows for off TV play. But when you're playing on the television, 
the Wii U gamepad just goes blank. Like, so there's not even like an inventory or a life counter or anything there. So, right. you know, which is fine. Like, uh, I mean, I'd rather they not I, shoehorn a gimmick in here. But yeah. I would rather have the, the, the slightly more battery life from not displaying anything on the screen sure. than having a very pointless inventory or life counter. That's down there. true. Or like a map. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in this game, it's just a straight line. Yeah. You yeah. Go, go from the left to the right. Yeah. Yeah. So story-wise, yeah, like I said, weirdly similar to Legend of K. Uh, Donkey Kong and his family, they're celebrating his birthday when this chill falls over the island, and there's this invading army of snowmads, uh, which is just a bunch of, like, penguins and walruses, uh, Arctic animals. Uh, they're led by an evil Lord Frederick, and they've uh, decided to take over the island, so they blow on this magical horn, which covers the entire island in ice, and it awakens this giant dragon, and then all of the Kongs are kicked off of their home island and need to fight their way back and stop whatever's going on. So does this game, does a lot of this game not actually take place on Kong Island? Uh, I think, yeah. I think you are on a different island chains, like, making your way back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that's cool. Like, one thing I was initially nervous about this game was that every level would kind of be snow or glacier themed. Which no. are usually, like, the least pleasant levels in games is, like... I don't mind an ice level thrown in now and again, but right. like, the, the, you know, you slide around and they can be very frustrating. And I think like, I think it's going to be like, if I recall correctly, it is an ice level by the time you get to Kong. Sure. Island, and and I got no yeah. problem with that. Yeah. But I appreciate that it really does have a good variety. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, obviously there's not going to be a lot of story here, but the cutscenes are really beautifully animated. Like uh, everything looks really nice. And um, I mean, presentation wise, I think this game is gorgeous. Yes. Like it looks so good. There's so much detail going on in the background. And I mean, Donkey Kong Country Returns was also a gorgeous game. It was. Um, it was on the Wii, so it wasn't actually an HD game the mm -hmm. way this one is. And I think that this benefits uh Donkey Kong Country Returns because these games really have a lot of crap going on in the background yes and it's pretty helpful to be able to differentiate your Kong from the like waving wheat that's in the background and swaying palm trees and all yes 100 percent. and I never really had a problem here you know yeah. so uh so our characters this time around mo if you're playing single player you're pretty much just playing as Donkey Kong and you've got one of your little sidekicks as a backpack and then in co-op you can break them up. Uh so you have Donkey Kong as the main guy, Diddy Kong is back, Dixie Kong making her return. Uh she's been gone since Donkey Kong Country. In the 3. original Donkey Kong Country Returns, I think it was only Diddy Kong was your own, was your buddy. I think and so. It wasn't yeah. other characters. Yeah, I believe it was just uh, Donkey and Diddy. And then uh, for the first time you get to play as Cranky Kong in this game. Uh who is we were trying to decide is he Donkey Kong's father, grandfather, cranky uh, neighbor? My my understanding which I think is inaccurate, so I apologize for just spouting incorrect info. Yeah. Um is that the character in the original Donkey Kong, um, who is kidnaps Pauline, oh, Mario beats up, is Cranky Kong. That's it. Okay. And Donkey Kong is Donkey Kong is DK Junior. That would make but, sense, and that's why he the, he's been downgraded to cranky and not like villainous. You yeah, know? like he used to have a real anger problem, and now he's just a grouchy old man who pogo's on his beard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It. I, what do you think about this game of only being able to play as Donkey Kong in the single player? I think it's a slight bummer. It's a slight bummer. I, I wish I could switch back and forth, you know, and like, obviously you're not going to get the same, uh, uh, 
you know, Donkey Kong is probably not going to ride on the smaller one's shoulders or anything, sure. but maybe there's something you could do to balance it out. You know, you can roll him around like and walk on him like a ball or something like that. I don't yeah. Know. And I mean, you still have sort of these team abilities of being able to roll with DK and the other guy will run around on you. Yeah. Or you do this high five attack that um, damages all the enemies or turns them into power ups. Yeah. Which is fine. But honestly, like in all of Donkey Kong has always been my least favorite character to play. Well, like, yeah, he's he's the the kind of everyman, you know. Yeah. He's he's a shirtless, pantsless man wearing a tie, like we all are. Like we all are, yeah. and it, it does very much punish you. Like if you take two hits, you lose your little bonus partner, right? Which costs you like some kind of advantage. So if you have Diddy Kong on your back, you can activate this little jetpack, which mm-hmm. kind of elongates your jump horizontally. Yeah, it keeps Di- you level. Yeah, though, yeah. Dixie Kong will give a kind of similar thing where she spins her ponytail, but that that gives you a little bit of height. Right, it's like the Yoshi jump where you like you you hit your peak and then he kicks his feet a little bit and you go a little bit higher. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And uh, Cranky Kong, he's Scrooge McDuck in it. He's Scrooge McDuck in. We can we I, that's fun. I like the way that Cranky Kong's ability is like a throwback to an old NES game. Uh, love that. Like, yeah, no, it's great. It's great, and you can like bounce on enemies without taking damage or go over spikes and things like that. You know, like like a like a like a mcduck yeah that's pretty great and just to be clear there are now two definitions of scrooge mcduck in it one of which is bouncing on your cane the mm-hmm. other is swimming around in a vault of money okay i've done both oh yeah yeah I, I recommend one more than the other <laughs> okay um do not jump into coins yeah. okay like try sticking your fist into a coin jar like a coffee can full yeah, of coins slam it in there and see how it feels yeah and then, then, then fill that, that to a swimming pool and imagine that's your whole body jumping in head first yeah from like a height of like what 30 feet like yeah. it's a ridiculous okay that man should be dead irresponsible this is the problem with billionaires in this country okay don't make me go on a rant all right right, i know jeff bezos is filling his tanks with loose change swimming around in him at his own risk yeah we're watching out for your big bald head jeff bezos anyway Uh, if you lose one of your buddies it becomes a real bummer because you don't get that uh little boost to your jump action Mm -hmm. and like a lot of the precision platforming becomes a lot harder it becomes much much harder yeah donkey kong is like pretty a a pretty weak jumper on his own you know so yeah and then i think when you're doing co-op like it probably is more fun to play as one of the little apes you know like you have a little bit more range of motion dixie kong gets a gun yeah. Like, yeah, she's got this weird little, like, temper tantrum attack with her ponytails. You Shakes know? Like, the whole ground with the ponytail. It's yeah. The co-op here is a change of pace. I think that probably Returns had co-op, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure, yeah. But um, the original DK games, Donkey Kong Country, we think of as, like, two-player games, but they are only sort of menially that. They were, like, some halfway mark between alternating and simultaneous. So it's, it's almost like Tails, right? Like how you can control Tails in Song 2, but you're not well, really... Well, no, there would be a person in the lead, essentially. Yeah. Like, when one person was in the lead, the other person basically couldn't do anything. But oh, then right. if you took a hit and died, the then other it... person would go and charge, and then it would always switch whenever the character dies. That's, that's kind of a clever way to do it. Yeah, no, it works, you know, it like, works yeah. pretty well, yeah. but it's not actually like simultaneous the way this game right. is. Right, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of clever. And I always liked in the original games how, like you said, like your, your monkeys were basically like your lives. So if you died as Donkey Kong, like you would just become Diddy Kong, you know, right. and that way you could play as both. And you don't really have that option here. 
The other thing that we noticed, like during co-op, was that if we wanted to switch characters, we had to like exit all the way out of the game and then come back in and like pick a different character that way. There might be a faster way to do it, but we didn't find it. Yeah, it like, seems very odd and unnecessary. And also the player one always has to play as Donkey Kong. Yeah, no choice in that. I, I don't quite know why that is, because I don't think any of these things, like I don't think Donkey Kong can do anything that the other characters can't. Like he, they seem to be uh, yeah. able to pull on stuff and pick up barrels just the same. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's a, that is strange. Yeah, I don't think he does have any kind of particularly special ability. Um, well, that's an interesting. See, now I hate this game. <laughs> okay, God damn it. No, I bottom don't. of the Wii U. No, no. Uh, this game's pretty great. This is, uh, you know, it's a pretty, it's a side scroller like classic Donkey Kong Country. Uh, the big changes this time around, well, firstly, you can pull stuff out of the ground. And I only mention that because the producer is the guy who made Super Mario Brothers 2, sure. and that seems to be his bugaboo. He's okay. like, what if we have things in the ground that you can withdraw with your hands? <laughs> yes, Perfect. yes, put Piggy. it in the game? Okay. Okay. Well, I'm the director, so even though nobody <laughs> said yes, I'm making the choice. It's just, it's just like you, there must have been people in the office like, oh, again, with yeah. the stuff out of the ground. Yep. Oh, every every time he brings this up. He tried to put it in Vice Project Doom. Sure. I don't know. Uh you know, so yeah, you have the three different Kongs that we talked about. Um, you know, we have only one rideable animal in this, which is odd. The, the it's just rhino. Rambi the rhino is the only one who pops up. Wait, what, where, where's your ranking of the them, them animals that you could ride? You know, I, look, I'm not gonna. The, the, the rhino is my favorite. Yeah, I do the like rhino's the, the best. The rhino gives great. you that real feeling of power of just like yeah. you're just gonna crash through here and go. There's then I gotta go swordfish. Yeah, and then I gotta go ostrich. Uh, okay. Who was okay. the? Were there others? There was a frog. <gasps> there was a spider that was. Yeah, pretty the cool. second and third one got pretty crazy. Like you would turn into a spider and yeah. you would be able to shoot webs that you could climb on, which was pretty cool. You could really explore the level. And then the third one gave you the elephant. Yeah. And God, yeah. the elephant levels were so hard. Oh that's yeah, I, that's, that's what right. I remember. The elephant was kind of. I didn't like the elephant. <laughs> I've weirdly, like I've beaten all three of those games multiple times, but the first one's the only one that really sticks with me. Okay, like, I don't know I, why. I, I have pretty fond memories of all three of them. Me I too. Think. No, I liked all of them, but like uh, that's when I'm thinking back on the series. It's all always levels from part one or sure. music from part one. Uh, the other big, the other kind of change up here is that uh, sometimes you'll get some sort of cinematic camera angles going on, and I always love it when it does this. Um, it's a small feature, and it's like out of your control, so you don't really need to worry about it. It's usually in barrel sections when you're like being shot from one place to the other. It, one thing that you know, returns, the original returns did the, the original returns. Yes. Um, the one for we did that was very cool is you would sort of shoot in and out of the f background. Like there would be barrels that took you there, but there were occasional parts where you were literally platforming in the background of the level. Yeah. Which were kind of hard to see and frustrating, even though it was a cool effect. Right. And I don't, I haven't noticed that in this game. Like it seems like if you shoot into the background of the level, like the camera will just follow you and then it will, change angles i don't think i'm generally fond of that mechanic like no. like if you're going back to a different level like i like that but bring the camera with you yeah like don't make me play it smaller and from further away it, it is know? a weird interesting effect guardian heroes with your nonsense i, I think that this game the levels feel longer than yeah. most of the previous donkey kong games um yeah pretty long for platforming levels like in they general. really do feel like, because that's always been the heart of these Donkey Kong Country games is usually they will think of kind of a gimmick for yeah. the level 
like I always think of the stop and go station from the first game where sure. like there's these giant invincible mans running back and forth and you have to hit the barrels to turn them off. Yeah. But a lot of the levels in that first game, you would you'd be able once you knew the level, you could run through it in like a minute or two. Sure. Whereas here it feels like most levels are gonna take probably five, six minutes. Yeah. And there's a ton of secrets in all of them. And that's, I mean, that's always been true of Donkey Kong Country. I think that's another real trademark of the series right from the beginning is Oh like, man, nothing better than playing Donkey Kong Country and like thinking you just fell off of something to your death and then you're just like, oh shit, there was a barrel that's impossible to see yeah, from my Yeah, that was eyeline. kind of a bullshit mechanic of there was literally just pits that took you to a bonus room. I mean, it was you, a nice treat, you know, yeah. when it happened, but yeah. You but, would have no way to know that they did fix that in the later ones. They did, mostly. yeah. Um, At least you'll get like a glimmer. You'll see a rim of a barrel or something. Like yeah. you'll know there's something there. And this game does that too, except they make it pretty. They're pretty obvious what places you can fall to trigger a uh, bonus level. Yeah. And I am honestly not crazy about the way, like all the bonus crap in this game. I feel like it slows down the platforming in a meaningful way. Like. Donkey Kong Country Returns asks you to collect Kong, which is something you could collect in the original games, which mm-hmm. just gave you a one-up. Here it gives you, like, extra artwork or something, and it also asks you to collect puzzle pieces. Okay. Um, you And there's a lot of puzzle pieces per level. Like, most levels have, like, seven. Yeah. Um, And most of these seem to be found by, like, collecting all the bananas that sort of swirl around a specific area, and yeah. then a puzzle piece will appear. And I guess my issue is, like... I don't find it that fun to chase after one or two individual bananas. Like, I feel like I'm losing the tempo of the level. That's where you really lose it if you're just Donkey Kong, too. Yeah. Because, like, you really, you could use those little boosts to get those extra bananas. But, yeah, with Donkey Kong, it's always like, all right, wait for it to lower slightly. Yeah. And most of the time, you're sort of, you're going to end up missing a puzzle piece or a Kong letter anyway. So you'll have to go back and replay the whole level. So it, it kind of feels to me like... I think the way to play this is to just kind of beat the game first. Yeah. And if you're really enjoying it and want to see more, I imagine there's some kind of secret world if you collect enough puzzle pieces or whatever. Yeah, they open up a little different stage. Like, they open up, uh, I think beating the game opens up a hard mode, which okay. this game's already pretty hard. Yeah. But, like, uh, easier than Donkey Kong Country Returns, I think. Maybe. Because I remember getting stuck on that game, and I didn't get stuck here. Okay. Uh, I, I definitely beat the original Donkey Kong Country Returns, and there's, like, some very challenging, like, banana temple at the end that I okay. think you unlock by getting, like, all the puzzle pieces in every level. Yeah. Or maybe maybe not to that extent, because I, I did unlock it, and I can't imagine that. I got every puzzle piece in every level. That seems far beyond my scope. Right, but, yeah, and that's, you know, it's really, there's a lot of replay value here if you are a completist, you know? Like, right. Uh, and, and you really want to track those things down. It's mostly, like, uh, a concept art and little in-game figurines of characters that you're going to unlock from getting all this stuff. So, like, your mileage may vary. Uh, Yeah, I guess I like playing platformers with, like, some real momentum of feeling like you're trying to blaze through that level and not sort of wasting time going up into this weird corridor and collecting a bunch of bananas. Right. But I guess I appreciate the way this game lets you play it either way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, and I mean, I really love the variety of levels here. Even though a lot of them are operating on kind of similar motifs, but mm-hmm. like 
there's a great stage where like the whole island is almost basically on fire. Oh wow. And the the grass around you is like slowly singeing so you can only stand on the leaves for like a second or two before they fall away from you or trees are collapsing around you and in those moments it kind of feels like the the new Rayman games mm-hmm. where like you have to be really on top of the uh the shifting environments. Uh, minecart levels are back. We were discussing that. We're we're both pro minecart levels yeah. in general. So uh, I, I do feel like I mean Donkey Kong Country is like the king of the minecart level. Like yeah. I think it's it appeared in basically all their games, even though it was replaced in the second one by roller coaster. Oh right, and yeah. I, the third one had like a tube ski, like you would ski through pipes with yeah. this weird. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, it was always good, and I feel like they hit kind of a peak in the super nintendo days like i haven't seen a ton of minecart levels in no not games. really but it was it was a, a touchstone for whatever reason like i don't know i i don't know it's it, close enough to the temple of doom it makes yeah i think that's probably what it is and i remember going on a field trip down an old mine like in because uh, i'm from like gold mining country sure. in colorado <laughs> because you're and, an like, old prospector. i'm an old prospector we were our, our team our uh, school name was the pioneers nice so yeah um, but yeah, we went down into an old mine like that. And I remember being very disappointed that there were no functioning mine carts we could ride in. <laughs> yeah, like the only sure. mine cart I saw was an old antique decrepit one that had like fallen off the side of a track. Mm. Yeah. So they, I don't think they were used for as fun of reasons. And yeah, the mine cart levels in this game are really thrilling. I mean, they were always exciting in, in the games, but like yeah. the camera, you know, will shift and go behind you in different angles and like things will pop up and destroy part of the track. You'll get used to doing it in 2D and then the camera will shift and you're in 3D and you have to jump tracks like it in a very precise order. Yeah, it's very, very satisfying. There's some fun variants on this too. Like there's a log flume ride in one level. Oh, that level can, was great. That's great. That was a lot of fun. And like you're going through a lumber mill and you have to duck saw blades. And there's another one with like this weird rocket barrel thing that okay, it almost I don't know con- if I've gotten there yet. But. It almost controls like Flappy Bird, you know, when you have to mm. keep it uh, up in the air. And it's pretty challenging and pretty fun, you know. So I like that they're mixing things up here. Um, and it does feel like you visit like a couple worlds you haven't seen in usual Donkey Kong Country games. Like the second world was kind of this alpine um mountain mountain view that was was really it has like cute Swiss villages in the background. Yeah, that and little, then I really like there was some really and beautiful, as it goes on, you get like big log picket fortresses and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, windmills and stuff like yeah. that. It's yeah, I like that level a lot. No, there's 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 a lot of good stuff here. Like it it feels weird kind of breaking it down because in essence this is a very simple like platforming game. You know, yeah. in it's simple in its uh, uh, mission statement at least. You know, <laughs> like. Uh, but it's really clean and it's really elegant. It's fun to play. Like you can, I don't know, you can, uh, I, I think I've been playing it a little bit off TV, but playing it on TV is great if you want the music, which uh, mm-hmm. the music is phenomenal. Yes. Like David Wise really, you know, there are some compositions I think brought back from earlier games, but yes. I'm not mad about that. You know, yeah, the, great. it's great to hear that underwater theme again. No, I mean, it, it's it's a pretty fantastic game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it kind of, caught on and i think having it on the switch now people can find it a little more easily i think it's worth tracking down for sure yeah i agree i think it it's i think it was a little weird to feel when it came out on the switch that like oh they're charging full price for a game that was what like four years old yeah even not to say that it's not worth that and i think they added a couple new features in the switch where you could play as funky kong oh it's kind of like an easy mode that's um, right oh man i just remembered i have this game Okay, I have it so on, like, this game twice. I, ha- I have this game twice. Yeah. Oh, my God. I and beat it on both systems. 
And um, the Funky Kong is in this game as well, the Wii U version, mm-hmm. and running a shop where you can buy items to kind of make the levels easier on yourself, which I think is a nice middle ground for how... I think that Nintendo games struggle with how to do difficulty a little bit. Sure. You see some of the... Mario games are like, let me let let's do the super guide that will show you how to beat this level, or we're gonna give you this uber powerful mushroom that makes you invincible and right. gives you the raccoon suit. And that doesn't feel great because no. once you fail the level enough, you're like, I really want to beat this. I don't want to just cheat my way through. Sure. Whereas here you can go to Funky Kong, you can buy these items that maybe give you an additional hit but they still feel earned because you're spending the banana coins you picked up in the game to buy them, even yeah. though you have like 10 million of them. I always forget to use like inventory screens like this in platformers, yes. like in, in super Mario three or, or Mario world, you know, I would always forget about these items. I don't know why. And this one has the same kind of thing. Cause you need to select your inventory before you go. But into you the level. may like, you remember to do it on a boss fight and that was yes. pretty useful. And I think if you fail the level enough, you're like, okay, I'm going to go back and equip this extra thing. I, I will say too, boss fights very good, but very long, like yeah. very long. I think most platforming games like this, you expect like the three hit rule, you know, you gotta get land three good hits on these guys. And this could be like 15, 20 hits on some of these characters. Yeah. They're almost like cuphead levels of complexity. They are. Yeah. Or yeah. Just it's like so many, many stages to them. And if you fail them, you start over at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta get, you gotta get good, yeah. get good loser. All right. Well, let's let's wrap this up here and bring it uh, bring it back with our rankings. Let's see where we are ranking Donkey Kong Country uh, for Tropical oh, Freeze. Oh, one more thing I'm going to say about it is, I guess. Well, no, we can keep going, and I'll say it in the rankings. Okay. So, yeah. For me, looking at my list here, uh, I think I think this is definitely top tier on the system. I think it's really uh, pretty fantastic, um, and I'm I feel weird not putting this higher. But if I'm looking at the list and being honest with myself, this is number five for me. Okay, so that's that's uh, pretty high. That's pretty high, but it's below Shovel Knight. It's above Gianna Sisters Twisted Dreams. Like I I think I would still go back to Shovel Knight um, before I go back to this one, but this one's up there. Like yeah. this is a super high quality entertainment um i think it's great put it on the box two stars up super high quality entertainment my issue with this game is very little to do with the game in general which is just it doesn't feel very wii ue in any kind of wait there's a wii ue now yeah damn it i have to buy another one of these fucking things the most extreme version of the wii u yet this one you just jam it up your ass exactly um (laughs) Because there is no features with the gamepad. Playing it with that, I just don't like that giant gamepad. Sure. Um, and so it's hard not to just kind of want to recommend it on the Switch. But it is it is an excellent game. But I feel like some of my top games, like Super Mario Maker, Rayman Legends, um, really felt like these are great on because of and on the Wii U. Yeah, I get um, that. I'm going to put it at, Number seven, okay. which is right behind Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed, a game that I oh, thought, what a good game! Yeah, yeah. that game brought the thrills, and this yeah. game brings the thrills too. It does, I, it does. Yeah, and it's, I like the stiff challenge. I really do. Yes. it's nice. It's nice, like playing a game like this. That's nice and hard. This is one of those ch- challenging games to sort of talk about because there's not. <laughs> I have very little complaints about it, but yeah. it's also like. It just does everything pretty well, and so you're just like, yeah, 
It was good. Yeah. I liked it. I had, it was fun to play while I was playing it, and I will continue to play it. Yeah. Yeah. So, not, like, it, it may not, like, But it be, doesn't have, like, deep emotional resonance. No, it's not but, being burned up there with the greats, you know? It's yeah. not being, like, we're not we're not hanging its raf- jersey above up in the rafters or anything, but uh, it's really very good. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be another, a new Donkey Kong Country game? Oh, like, I, there must be, right? I mean, I know. it's been a while. It's been a while, because Retro's been working on Metroid Prime four mm. for years now yeah. you know and uh that that's, better be the best fucking game ever made know, when it comes I out i mean it probably will it's be, probably gonna be really good but yeah yeah <laughs> but like, yeah i mean can you I'm imagine not, if it came out and people are like yeah, it's okay like yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's uh you know it's no duke nuking forever yeah, sure. but you know it's, it's like very, it's like it's like a little bit worse than metroid fusion i mean but, yeah i don't know that's yeah. still a pretty good place to be yeah. i guess you <laughs> I know, know. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm here's hoping that it's really good. And I, and I hope there's more Donkey Kong Country. I really do. Uh, I, I like this formula a lot. I think it works great. And then you just um, very rarely get, like, high production value 2D platformers. That- yeah, and that's the thing, too. It's clear that Nintendo takes this seriously and only farms it out to kind of, like, the best of the, the cream of the crop kind of developers, you know, who really uh, are going to take it seriously as well. So... Maybe we'll see somebody else emerge, like, and really kind of run with it and ha- have a fresh new I take imagine on that it. Way Forward could do a good uh, yeah. Donkey Kong Country game. They could do a nice one, I think. Uh, we have a couple of letters this oh, week. Oh, amazing. Uh, remember, you can send us letters at ultra64podcast at gmail.com. I like that we've been in letters. That's, I love letters. Yeah, thank uh, you, Brightens guys. my night. It does. It helps me do better at math. It <laughs> there are some numbers in this. Uh-oh. I might get confused. Uh, all right, this letter says, hey, guys. Hey. Uh, first, an update on the streamer Mr. Radon. Uh, this was the streamer who was trying to play every single N64 game to 100%. Oof. Uh, he recently became a Twitch partner thanks to the success of his ch- uh, challenge to uh, 100% the entire N64 library. He is currently getting close to reaching 150 hours in WWF No Mercy, considering all of the career mode paths he has to unlock and the items in the shop you need to buy to get up to 100% in that game. Anyone interested in witnessing the grandeur of the N64 library should check out his stream. That letter's from M. Radon. Oh, interesting, (laughs) yeah. Okay, now for the question. A term I've heard a lot in retro gaming is the term dank. It originally came from stoner culture, meaning a love of low-quality weed. But in gaming, it means a game which provides a lot of non-ironic, non-comedic enjoyment from a low-quality game. For example, huh. enjoying a shitty Barbie game because it's hilarious that a grown man is playing a Barbie game does not make the Barbie game dank. Or enjoying Carmageddon 64 because it is hilarious how bad it is does not, does not make the game dank. So it would have to oh. be something that's genuinely bad, but you genuinely like it, I think, is what the question is. Oh, uh, okay. So okay. the term is obviously very personal and subjective. So what are some dank games for you guys? Personally, Nagano Olympics 98 on the N64 is dank as hell to me. I know it's bad, but man, I love those sharp polygons, slow pace, and weird gameplay for some reason. Sure. Keep up the good work, guys. And that is from Tim from Indiana. Thanks, Tim from Indiana. Uh, I have to learn, like, youth phrases now. Like, I, ugh, that seems, I mean, no. I'll take Tim's word on it, but that seems hyper-specific for the word dank. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not a I fan of... I trust it because I've heard the term, but I didn't know what it means. Well, I just know it refers just, to memes a lot. But Okay. Yeah. I just thought like dank memes were just quality memes. Yeah, they were just top tier. That's what um, I always thought. When yeah. I, based on that definition of dank, which I am not gonna incorporate into my regular vernacular, right? But the the dank game I would go to is Dead to Rights Two. Yeah, okay. Which, you talked about this one. Yeah. Um, is a tremendously, tremendously, embarrassingly dumb game. Sure. Um, where you just 
run around and shoot people in these very poorly developed levels. The story is just, you know, incredible amounts of police brutality with no explanation. Mm -hmm. Like This guy's the worst human being on Earth, and you're supposed to root for him. But it has a bunch of slow motion bullet time that you can just lock onto dudes and like mow them down. And it is a very satisfying game of just like, I don't want to deal with story and crap. I just want to shoot some dudes. Yeah. Um, and the other one that I would go to that I have been playing a decent amount lately is um, Blitz the League 2. Okay. Which is, which is objectively a very bad game. Um, because it plays far too slow. You have to kick field goals and stuff, which is just not what I want to do in my Blitz game. Yeah. And is morally reprehensible because yeah. there's just tons, you know, there's the, the horrible moment when you watch any football game where a player gets hurt and everyone has to awkwardly stand around and kind of hope that he's okay and then they cut to commercial. Right. That happens like every couple minutes in this game. <laughs> and you're like, can you please stop showing me this guy's shoulder snapping? Like, <laughs> well, you can't, you can't get enough of it. You no, and but uh, some, when, I do like the game because they have um, a pretty goofy story mode like right after the first chapter of the game your character goes to prison for doping and then you have to play in the prison game against the um other local prison yeah which is pretty silly it's it's just a weird silly game that i have been enjoying despite the fact it is quite bad fair and fair. i would not make anyone else play it with me i mean i'm probably gonna pull like the most random uh pick i can think of okay. for this because I was trying to think, like, what comes to mind first of, like, a bad game that I enjoyed, right. like, without that level of irony. And it's kind of an asterisk because I bought this game for ironic reasons and then wound up just sort of getting into it. It's a DS game that no one's heard of called Little Red Riding Hood's Zombie Barbecue. Okay. And I, I had to buy it because I'm like, all right, this is a $10 game in a discount bin with the stupidest title I've ever heard. Yeah. I've got it. This has got to be dumb. It's kind of like a like a three D uh, shmup, I guess. You know, where you're 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 basically just controlling Little Red Riding Hood with this giant machine gun at the bottom of the screen with your stylus, and she just mows down zombies, and like you have to dodge obstacles. It's very simple and very like pretty mindless. Yeah. But I found myself weirdly getting into it, and I played it all the way to the end, wow. and I got kind of good at that stupid game. There's some weird. If you were ever, I mean, I don't think I'm not proposing that we do this. Just to be clear, but if you did a podcast of every game on the Nintendo DS, you would ding. Be, no, you <laughs> you would find yourself in some weird weird worlds. Really like, weird. There's a lot of just bizarre. You'd be playing a lot of Scrabble games. A lot of uh, baby raising simulators. Yeah. yeah, yeah, lots of things like that. Yeah, that would be interesting almost. But yeah, so many like tacked tacked on like touchscreen mechanics yeah, or making you blow in that stupid microphone. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you, Tim. We have one more letter here. Uh, this one says, "Hey, Stephen Woody. Hey, hey." Uh, you guys are speculating on the reason why Castlevania got co-billing in the genre of Metroidvania games. Oh, yeah. My perception was always that the absence of Castlevania would leave room con for confusion. If you said a game was like Metroid, the person you were talking to might think that that means sci-fi themed or that it's 2D or from the 80s, etc. I think adding Castlevania hmm. to the mix implies a centerpiece of Metroid Castlevania Venn diagram, meaning a game where you add on to the abilities that help you explore new areas of the map. I buy that. Um, that's just my two cents on what the name means. Not necessarily that a Metroidvania needs to be pulling any aspect in particular from both titles. Uh, but for the question, do you guys have any terms that you'd like to create to imply the cross-section of two games? Maybe Gexker, 
games featuring rude cartoon animals, a la Gex and Bet Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Uh, mm. Keep up the great work in covering the Wii U, the only Nintendo console released in my lifetime that I've never even seen in person before. Wow. wow great optics on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, well, if you haven't seen it, it is a resplendent monolith. Looking upon it is like looking into the eyes of God. You will yeah. cry tears. Your head will explode. If you've but ever then seen you'll the movie as an 2001 A Space Odyssey, that is what they uh, based the Wii U on. Pretty that, wa- that was the Wii U. Like, Kubrick went into the future, yeah. saw the design of the Wii U, and then put that into his movie. The stars! Yeah, yeah. you're going to see your entire life flattened out before you, like a great dinner plate. And then, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, so uh, a weird poor man toe genres. All right, this is an interesting challenge, and I didn't think about this at all before reading this letter. Yeah, this is this is a challenge because not only do we have to think of two genres, you have to think of two. Maybe that's Metroidvania was just that it sounds pretty good when you put them together, and so yeah. it's sort of stuck. Because I was trying to do like, all right, what if something is a roguelike plus another genre? Because there's there's a decent amount of like roguelike card battlers. Okay, so that would be a card light. Okay, card like or because I don't. A, ro- a road, a road. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I like, I like road. I like road. Um, I'm gonna say uh, like third person shooters with uh, a cover mechanic and a lot of parkour is gonna be called a cane charted for Kane oh. and Lynch and Uncharted. It's a cane charted. <laughs> Okay, I, it's weird that you went to Kane and Lynch as your default instead of Gears of War. Well, but Wouldn't I was thinking of like more, more um, platforming stuff because Gears doesn't have any platforming. Oh, yeah, those true. guys cannot lift their feet. Good yeah. point. Yeah, so that's I, only why I went a to there. Kane charted. A Kane okay, charted. What about a uh, or Gears? I think Gears charted is, sounds good too. What about a stealth ninja game? Would be a Tenchu Cell. Ooh, a Tenchu Cell. Okay, okay. Or a Tenchu Gaiden. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I guess that's, that's too, just that's, a ninja game. That's ninja in your ninja. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to think of some more of these later, but uh, that's a good question. Thank you for that one. Uh, all right, that about wraps it up for us this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, reminder, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, a five-star review with a nice uh, uh, message on there, we always appreciate it. It helps the Tell show us, get seen. Why not come up with some mixed genres of your own? Yeah, leave them as post comments. them in the review. Absolutely. Uh, confuse everybody reading those reviews yeah. until they have to listen to the show. <laughs> like they, they simply have to. Next week uh, is going to be interesting because we're going from something that we we played so much on the N64 that we got sick of it to something that's uh, kind of a rare treat. We're playing some racing games. Uh, I'm lumping three of them together. So we're going to be playing Hot Wheels, World's Best Driver, coupled, (laughs) coupled that with the Fast and Furious Showdown. Also coupled with Need for Speed, Most Wanted, you. Yeah, yeah. So. It, me? You. I'm the most wanted? You're, the, you're the oh, one, man. You're I, the got, one that, I, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> they're, they're, they're tracing me. I certainly hope you have a need for speed, because yeah. you gotta be fast. All right, well, thank you, everybody. And don't forget to rate and subscribe. You can find us on Patreon. A monkey, monkey, choo-choo. I don't know. I don't remember the rest of the yeah. words in that Famous. song. Famous... Famous catchphrase, monkey, monkey, shoot, shoot. Absolutely. All right. Bye, everybody. Crawling back to you.